0: There are so many supernatural visions and images in the book of Revelation. And sometimes it feels like heaven is doing its own thing and life here on earth is doing its separate thing. Is there a connection between heaven and earth? Is heaven aware of the sufferings of us living on earth? Find out on a special episode of Inverse.
1: Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse.
0: We have been through a tour de force in the book of Revelation. We've gone through heaven. We've talked about the 144,000. Now we've gone through all of Earth's history and the wars and whatnot. And all throughout this, throughout all these things, we're wondering, is heaven aware of what's happening on Earth? And the simple question is, yes, but to what degree? In this episode, we're looking at the seven trumpets and the ramifications here on earth. So we're going to have a word of prayer, and Israel can pray for us, and we'll delve into chapters 8 through 10, 11, seeing how much time we have. We'll get into all those those verses.
2: All right, let's pray. Thank you, God in heaven, that you are very interested and very involved, not only with the affairs of this world, but with what matters to each of us as individuals. Mm -hmm. Be with us now as we study this important topic, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, Jonathan, let's go
0: to chapter 8 of Revelation. Chapter 8, and we'll start from verse 2 through 6. And uh, I want to read verse 1 so that verse 1 doesn't feel left out. You want yep. to read all, all those verses? Yeah, sure, why not? Right. <laughs> <laughs> when he opened the seventh
3: seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. So the seven angels who had the seven trumpets Prepared themselves
0: to sound. Okay, so Sebastian, what's going on here? Give us some context.
4: So we have a reference twice in the Bible up until this point in chapter 5 about the elders, the 24 elders having the prayers of the saints. Okay. Then we go to chapter 6 and we see that the saints are there in the fifth seal. Basically crying out to God for a vengeance on their blood for those who they suffered at their hands persecution and martyrdom and then we come here and he's now with the intercession of Christ as this kind of taller angel with the incense in his priestly role once his intercession combines with the prayers of the saints we get a response Mm. and we know that this is a response from God because when we look in verse 5. It tells us that there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. And we know that thunderings and lightnings, as we looked at in chapter 5 in a previous episode, actually come from the throne. These things Mm -hmm. are emanating from his throne. Mm -hmm. So we get a sense that here's the prayers, here's the intercession, and now we're getting a response from heaven. And so what we get through the trumpets is God now responding to the prayers of his saints, which is, essentially catalyzed by the intercession of Christ Mm -hmm. in heaven.
0: Let's take a step back here. And I really love how, you know, if we're we're not careful, sometimes Revelation seems like a spaghetti mess of just different things going on. Yes. If we just take a step back, this is very organized, especially if you take the imagery of the sanctuary.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: You know,
0: here Jesus was on earth and the Lord died and he resurrected and he goes upstairs to to the sanctuary. Mm -hmm. And in the holy place, there are these three... Uh, pieces three items of furniture and jesus goes to the first item and then this is the golden candlesticks and there's seven of them and here this is where we see the seven churches yeah seven seven candles then jesus moves to the table of showbread and you see that where the where the image of where jesus is is crowned king this is taking place right before the seven candlesticks so this is right on the opposite side Mm -hmm. and then you have jesus moving over to the golden altar of incense Yep. You see that in verse uh where is that? Verse three. Yep. Um and here Jesus is praying. And it's cool that Jesus is kind of almost putting on a different hat, not a literal hat, but Jesus is priest in with mm-hmm. the seven seven churches. Yep. He is king at the table of showbread, and now he is high priest mm-hmm. at the golden golden altar of incense. And he's interceding on yeah. on it, on behalf of his saints.
3: I, I love Jonathan. that. I think it's powerful. Uh the fact that there is a connection between heaven and earth. Mm. I mean, we, we talk about this a lot, but think about what that means. Mm. That means that right now, as I'm praying in my mind, you know, Lord, help me, or whatever it is I'm praying. <laughs> help us with so this, yes. so this episode. <laughs> he does need to help you. He, he does. <laughs> I need a lot, you know. But this prayer is heard in heaven, yeah. and there is a response from the throne of God that blows my mind. I mean, that is just incredible.
2: Yeah. For me, <clears throat> For me to go along with that, You know, when Jesus came for the first time, Mm -hmm. you felt the presence of God with humanity. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you thought it it, it would be obvious for us to think, man, heaven and earth have never been closer to each other than when Jesus came. Mm -hmm. But here we find heaven and earth are no wider apart today than they were then. Mm -hmm. And what strikes me about, about verse three, the beauty of verse three is, number one, It says here that there's an angel that has much incense. Mm, mm. In other words, the picture that I get is heaven does not want the incense of this angel to run out. Mm. There's a lot of incense so that it lasts a long time. And number two, it says that this incense, which is intercession or prayer, is offered with the prayer of the saints in other words, what the saints are doing and what the angel is doing is essentially the same thing. Hmm. so when we pray today when we uh, when we have a conversation with God today, hmm. when we intersect and commune with God, what we are essentially doing is the very same thing that Christ is doing, and so in our Christian experience, we are experiencing Christ likeness and this is what it means to live the life of righteousness by faith to do exactly what Jesus is doing but to do it in our in our current context and so you have this very close intimacy that takes place Mm -hmm. between heaven and earth the Christian and Christ the sinner and the Savior Mm -hmm. taking place in Revelation this is
4: especially important because the context of this intercession is the crying of the saints who did not receive immediate satisfaction for what happened to them. Mm -hmm. And what it really tells me is that justice from God is not immediate, but it's always imminent, Mm -hmm. right? And you have this idea that we suffer things, and sometimes we don't even get an answer before we die. Mm -hmm. There's some injustice that seems to persist our entire lives. Mm -hmm. But the Bible says, even though these souls who were crying underneath the altar, you know, how long, O Lord, before you avenge us, the recognition is that, yeah, it's not going to be immediate, but it is imminent. Mm-hmm. God is in the process of addressing that. Mm-hmm. And I think it gives us comfort because we've all been wronged and we've all suffered in the sense because we chose to do the right thing or because the world is just a sinful place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really important to note of why the intercession of Christ is so critical, mm-hmm. because sometimes we only think about it, uh, Lord, intercede on behalf of my mother with cancer or you know, behalf of my child that's suffering a sickness or you know, was born with a certain challenge or whatever. But I think more than miracles, there's also the miracle of justice. Mm-hmm. The fact that God eventually writes things mm-hmm. and he gets it right. When court systems and lawyers and appeal courts and all these things don't get it right, God will get it right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Now, to a degree, you have already answered it. If I mean, you want to make this even clearer. So Jesus is, is, in a sense, at a sacred desk of the altar of incense. Yeah. He's our high priest mm-hmm. and all these prayers come up to him and he's praying with these prayers and mingling his blood with our prayers and then and he's, he's speaking to God. Yes. Um, and then right after that, seven trumpets happen. Mm-hmm. So connect, why Why trumpets? So we've looked at the churches and the, and the seven candlesticks. We looked at the seals and how God is, is, mm-hmm. is in control. But how's trumpets and altar of incense connected?
2: The connection here is, I think, What's about to happen, the trumpets are now God's gonna respond, right? Mm-hmm. God's gonna move, God's gonna, God's gonna intersect with humanity. But what's critical for us to understand as we enter into the topic of the trumpets is that what bathes, what surrounds, and what ushers in the rest of the, of the vision dealing with the seven trumpets is this thing of the incense, the prayer. Mm-hmm. And notice there when it talks about much incense, and then it says a lot of fire. I forgot what the, um, what the uh, actual word there is, but it says that it was filled with with fire and with a lot of fire when it was thrown down to the verse five, uh, to the earth. The yeah.
0: angel took the censer and filled it with fire. Filled it with it. fire. Yeah, it
2: with fire. Mm-hmm. So this is all dealing with preparation. Mm-hmm. God is preparing and humanity is preparing. Mm-hmm. We need to be prepared. For the moving of God, you know, so at, at our house, for example, our heating bill is super duper, duper, duper high. I mean, we pay so much. We pay more to heat the house than we pay to buy the house. And and oh, yeah, an I know equation. It is. Yeah. Got to move from Michigan. We right? got to move. And so and so uh, well we need to pray to God. And so we need God to intervene. And and so what we did is we had to essentially we had to heat our house with wood, with mm-hmm. fire. And, you know, what happens is that through the night. The fire, the wood is gonna, is gonna become coals and we're, it's gonna eventually die out. And so every single night, my job is to fill the fireplace with wood. We can't just put one log or two logs in there. We have to, I mean, we have to stuff it and I get a a stick and I hit the wood in there and, and I want that thing jam packed Mm -hmm. to prepare for the evening, the cold weather that's approaching. Mm -hmm. And so here you have Heaven and earth are preparing for the working of God. And it's saying, like, look, the events that are before us require you to be prayed up, require you to have the incense filled with 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 you know, the incense, right? The uh, the the wood, the altar requires you to be filled with wood. What's about to confront us is a long term or a heavy cold front that is coming, and you need to make sure that this is ready and so incense is preparations for the trumpets mm-hmm.
0: so the this is not literal incense and the incense is not some symbol of something supernatural this is showing showing the efficacy of god yes jesus yes. Yes. Now, and right now the, 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 the vastness of right. it. yes, yes. And, vast.
4: and looking at the fact that the efficacy of their prayers is only rooted and grounded in his efficacy that's right yeah. as one who's interceding for them and that is what brings the trumpets out mm-hmm. which were a part of the daily life of an Israelite, you know, where you blow the trumpet as an announcement to Mm -hmm. get attention, to make people aware there's a festival, it's a, you know, a particular holy time, worship time. So here, the fact that he would make these trumpets is literally getting the attention and making announcements for something that's going to call people to God or something that's happening around God and what's coming from him. Mm -hmm. That's the expectation.
0: Yeah, uh, what, what comes to mind for me for trumpets is, o- is also the announcements for the, the festivals and whatnot. But also, in times of tru- uh, trouble, mm-hmm. when, when, when enemies were coming or where, where, where people under crisis, you know, you're not gonna blow a flute. You're not gonna blow a little recorder, you know, or a reed. You blow <laughs> yes. these trumpets, because trumpets right. declare, they're loud, they're- Piercing. They're, they're piercing. And it's, mm-hmm. it's an alarm. It's a siren. Mm-hmm. And this trumpet is coming from earth to heaven and asking God to intervene in in, in the history of of God's people. Right, Mm
3: -hmm. and that's what he's been doing here in chapter 8 and Mm 9. You see the unfolding of God's response to these prayers, uh, Mm -hmm. these prayers of of the need that we have for him to come in Mm -hmm. and make a difference. And so uh, this is what's taking place as it unfolds. We see um, God moving on behalf of his people. Mm -hmm. I I just think it's beautiful to know Mm -hmm. that God cares, and we Mm
0: -hmm. have that connection with him through Jesus at the altar. Yeah, we see right. these elements of, of destruction and a lot of activity going on, but this isn't reserved for God's people. This is reserved mm-hmm. for the enemies of God and for God to intervene in humanity's uh, suffering. Uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to look at some of the elements of these trumpets and then move on to chapter 10 and talking about this this special movement that emerges in Earth's history. Stay tuned after the break.
1: Has inverse been a blessing to you?
0: Hey, welcome back. We're going to go zoom to Numbers numbers 10, okay? And Israel, let's go to Numbers 10, and what verse do you prefer to read there? Uh,
2: numbers 10, verse 9. It's speaking, Numbers 10, uh, verses 9 through uh, 9 and 10 are actually dealing with what the significance or the meaning of the trumpets yep. are.
0: Go for it. And verse it 9. says
2: there, verse 9, When you go to war in your land against the enemy who oppresses you, then you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets, and you will be remembered before the Lord your God. And you will be saved from your enemies also in the day of gladness and your appointed feasts in the beginning of your months. You will blow the trumpets over burnt offering and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings. And they shall be a memorial for you before your God. I am the Lord, your God. Mm, Awesome. And so here we have the significance of trumpets. Mm -hmm. Number one, in verse nine, it says you're going to go to war. There's going to come a time when you go to war and and there's going to be enemies in your land that oppress you. And so he says, during those times, the times of war, the times of oppression, the times where you are confronting your enemies, he says, blow the trumpet. And in blowing the trumpet, you have the assurance that you will be remembered. You will be remembered by God. Mm -hmm. And then it says, along with being remembered, you will be saved. And so you have this element of, hey, God, I'm confronting in an enemy, I'm in a time of war, I'm being oppressed, I'm going to blow the trumpet and this is a sign that you're going to save me. You're going to respond. God says, yes, we're going to do that. Mm -hmm. And then in verse 10, it says that the trumpets are going to serve as a memorial for you before your God that I am the Lord, your God. So the trumpet was also designed to remind us that God is our God, that the mm-hmm. Lord is our God. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean that the Lord is our God? In the context, you're saying that I am the God who saves you, that I am your savior, that I am here to uh, take care of your enemy, take care of those who oppress you, that I'm here to fight your wars for you. Mm-hmm. And so this is what the trumpet was designed to remind. It was, it was to serve as a reminder that God is in control of our lives and mm-hmm. he will save
0: us. It's, it's, it's a cry and also a memorial, yeah, mm-hmm, if I can yeah. give a synopsis. Yeah, it, it's, it's as if, I mean, th- these are the real two tenets of the, of the exercise of prayer. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are cries to God and they're reminders that God will intervene in our lives. Right. Amen. Reminders to us as well in the midst of prayer. Yes. Hey, you had the same, didn't you have the trumpets as
3: well in, in Jericho? Yeah, uh, you know, they were walking around the city, and when they blew the trumpets, you know, it started, the whole the judgment on Jericho. Mm-hmm. Uh, God was um, helping his people
0: uh, take down the enemy of his people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so when these seven trumpets sound throughout Christian history, what is actually going on? Now, we don't have time to actually get into each of the seven trumpets, but generically, throughout Christian history, what's happening, Israel?
2: It's Well, you can see as you read the trumpets in uh, chapter 8, chapter 9, um, you see that there's there's an intensifying of a series of events. Mm-hmm. In verse seven, you have the, the the first trumpet, and then it's you know the earth is attacked, mm-hmm. the grass, the trees, etc. These things are attacked; they're affected. Mm-hmm. Then you go to the second trumpet in verse eight. Now the seas are affected. Then you go to verse ten. Then you have the waters are affected. Then you have the fourth trumpet in verse twelve. The heavens are affected. Mm -hmm. In other words, the whole world is being affected by what is taking place in these in these uh, few verses. Mm -hmm. And it is in this context that that judgment is taking place. In other words, judgment is taking place in all points in history and everything is being judged. Mm -hmm. So nothing is escaping the judgment of God. Mm -hmm. You have judgment taking place all over the place. And
0: judgment, I I love, you know, judgment is not some, you know, I always think of a British guy who has like a white wig (laughs) and he's just, you know, you know, gavel. Saying, guilty, guilty, right. guilty with the British accent. But here, judgment is, the imagery is, are biblical judges. This is Ehud and Gideon and Samson. They're making right what was once wrong. And these are warriors who are going and fighting against the enemy. Mm-hmm. And so this, 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 these, these three sevens, these three septets really show that God is in the midst of us. Mm-hmm. God is in control and God is answering our prayers. Right, I mean, these yeah. are the three elements of Jesus. And throughout history, I mean, Jesus hasn't been on earth for about 2,000 years, but this is the three messages, that he's with us on this earth, mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. answering our prayers, and that he, he's in control.
3: Yeah. You know, what I really like in the end of chapter 9, it talks about here uh, that the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, mm-hmm. and so on. And then in verse 21, and they did not repent. So there is an element of God trying to bring people to repentance Mm -hmm. Uh, through this judgment so it's not just to punish but he really wants people to be saved Mm -hmm. Uh, even those demon worshippers, you know Mm -hmm. he wants people to be saved
4: and notice it's not just people it's the ones that oppressed his people right so it's like God wants to vindicate you in such a way to actually save your oppressors Mm -hmm. that's his ultimate goal because he sees them as spiritually oppressed Mm -hmm. which is almost this like perpetuated trauma. It's like mm-hmm. the devil is oppressing these people and these people get to oppress right. my people. Right. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to avenge you. And I'm going to do it in such a way to bring these people back in mm-hmm. as well because his ultimate goal is to take everyone from Satan.
0: Oh. Do you think that God allows some some of his people to suffer and tells them to wait and endure through the suffering so that they can be the means by which the oppressor is saved?
4: I oh. mean, I think, I think that that's potentially true because, you know... Gandhi used to say that you don't show an you don't show an oppressive man his oppression by fighting him back, right? You show him your the oppression by showing him the wounds, yeah. right, of which you suffer, yeah. and it shows greater power and self-control mm-hmm. that I'm not like you. Mm-hmm. And I think that in many ways, Peter says that when we suffer persecution, right, in First Peter, that we shouldn't act as if some strange thing has come upon us, mm-hmm. right? But we must do it. In praise and thanksgiving right. to God throughout the situation. Mm-hmm.
3: And you find that in the in, in, with the seven churches, he's saying, you will experience persecution. Uh, yes, you will die, but don't worry, it's not the second death. Mm-hmm. You'll be fine. Don't, don't worry. It's not and he says it's
4: only here. 10 days. Right. right. So God has put a limit on what he will allow. Yeah. Because if you look in Egypt, right, they were oppressed for a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. And there were plagues that God could have just put the 10th plague first mm-hmm. and broke Pharaoh from the very beginning. It's like, well, "Alright, well, I'm going to kill your firstborn." And <laughs> it's like, "That's it. Make them go." So why wait we 9 get time plagues? Repentance. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the point is that sometimes our whole goal is driven by pain. Mm-hmm. But I've always believed that because of the cross, following Jesus means I can't live my life to avoid pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to live my life to avoid disobedience mm. amen and the fact that i must maintain faith in god wow. and recognize that's that deep. if i center my life in saying well that's going to hurt so let me walk away from hey, can that can you say that again
0: in a tweetable way like you know so we
4: don't live lying. your life to avoid pain live your life to avoid disobedience mm. and i think that's critical because that,
0: that's really the theme of of, of revelation mm-hmm. absolutely yeah.
4: that's a the
2: theme of scripture
0: yeah yeah
2: that's the yeah. theme of scripture verse verse 7 of chapter 10 okay. goes and, uh, it says but in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel when he's about to sound the mystery of God mm. would be finished and so forth so it talks here now about the mystery of God which goes along with what um Sebastian says there's a mystery in Christianity there's a mystery in Christ likeness and that mystery mm. is significant that that God does something mysterious when he saves humanity mm-hmm. the mystery is that some it's a selfish individual would live not to avoid uh you know suffering which is the natural thing to do yep. but would but would live to a, avoid disobedience that's the unnatural thing to do yes. and this is the mystery that you know to, to tie in what you're saying this is the mystery that the bible is talking about mm-hmm.
3: amen uh, i mean paul brings it out in colossians 127 real quick here God just chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So God is developing in His people, who through their, you know, they're faithful to Him. In this process, He He brings them to Christ likeness, mm-hmm. and and this mystery, according to Revelation here, this revelation of God's character through His people will be seen in His people. But think about how how crazy that is. The
4: idea that my oppression. Could be a gift from God mm. to lead to the very foundation of all my prayers. Mm. Because who cares, right? If God answers my prayer for you know my house or my furnace or my heating bill to go down, or I care, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Me? I care. <laughs> but you see, it may very well be that that heating bill is the key to Christ likeness. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's like the fact that I'm going through this is transforming my character so much that the very difficulties of life mm. become a gift from Christ some of the most precious gifts
0: let's go back to the text here and I don't want to take away from Sebastian's point but you, you guys jumped the gun in verse 7 so let's back up here because <laughs> people are like wondering where are these guys going to go let's go to chapter 10 and there's a little interlude here we've talked about the trumpets we talked about how God is 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 being our judge and, and answering these trumpet calls mm-hmm. and then we get to the story in chapter 10 verse 1 I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed with the cloud. His rainbow was on his head. His face was like the sun. His feet like pillars of fire. He had a little book open in his hand. And he has right foot on the sea and left foot on the, on the land. And he cried with a loud voice as when a lion roars. And when he cried out, seven thunders uttered their voices. And if you guys know the, the narrative, he tries to write these thunders down. Mm. God says, don't do that. Yep. Then in verse uh, six, uh, verse five, five. 5, the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and the land raised up his heaven to heaven swore by him who lives forever and ever who created heaven and the things that are in it the earth and the things that are in it and the sea and the things that are in it there should be the delay no longer but in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel when he's about to sound and this is what you guys mentioned the mystery of God would be finished as he mm-hmm. declared to his servants the prophets. what in the world is going on why <laughs> is the story placed here well I think prophets. it's a, there's a
3: powerful connection here to the book of Daniel and mm. you know Daniel and Revelation they are totally intertwined uh, you need to understand one to understand the That's other the yes. and so here you see a connection of this angel, Daniel chapter twelve uh, comes into mind here this angel is standing he 's he's swearing he 's he's, uh, you know raising his arm and, and, uh, and he now he brings out this connection and says that there will be um, uh, there will be time time, well, no, time delay no, no longer no longer' or yeah. right. says
0: time no longer so
3: yep. uh, this points to the fact that all the at the time of this of this uh, uh, of this trumpet there will be um, There will be no more new time prophecy given to us. Mm -hmm. Uh, That means that we are now in the last days. Uh, we know that the time prophecies of Daniel—they end. History is wrapping up. Right, it's yes. wrapping up. Yes. Get ready. Yes. And so this is uh, this connection that we see here very clearly. I mean, this this passage you just read is just screaming. Read Daniel, study Daniel, know Daniel.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And in the timeline of the trumpets, this is coming about in this in this in the late 1700s, 1800s. About a group, a movement of people who are going mm-hmm. to take the book of Daniel seriously, mm-hmm. looking at the time prophecies. And this this is the second great awakening that took takes over the world and takes the the book of Daniel and its prophecies and time prophecies seriously mm. um, what is going on in verse 9 and 10 where here John eats the little book and he takes it it's bitter in his mouth or it's bitter in his stomach but sweet in his mouth mm. and then what's that experience well
4: you look at this is a clear reference to Ezekiel and we see Ezekiel given the similar illustration of eating a book which is representative of taking a message to heart mm-hmm. and in eating this particular book We notice that as these people accept this particular message, there's a dual experience kind of involved in that. That sometimes taking a message may be sweet initially, but as we digest it, it gets a little bit more bitter. Mm. And we see that with John the Baptist who, oh yeah, this is the Christ, this is the Son of God, and then he dies alone in prison. And he starts questioning, are you the Christ? Mm -hmm. Which shows that his very message, which was sweet to him initially, became a little bit bitter as time went on, and he's thinking, well, this is the Messiah, why is he not saving me? Why is this not impacting my personal situation? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we're kind of seeing here in Revelation 10, is Mm. some group of people, this movement you're referencing, accepting a particular message, That was going to be initially very sweet and exciting with a whole bunch of fervor, but eventually would become very disappointing and painful. So it
0: seems that earth has all these problems that are emerging and suffering is emerging. All these questions, theodicy questions that are emerging and studying the the, the prophecies of Daniel and Revelation comes up with these answers that resolves all these questions about human suffering, about the existence of God and how God intervenes in human history. These are big questions and they've been answered in the book of Revelation. We've done a cursory study. Hopefully, you've been blessed. I know we have been. We'll see you next week here in Inverse.
1: You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Daco, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.